Hi, and welcome to Inside San Diego Magazine, our podcast about making the issue. Today we're talking about the November issue, November 2017. This is Erin Glennie. I'm the editor of San Diego Magazine, and with me is our senior editor, Archana Ram. Hello. One of our newest associate editors, Sarah Flutterer. Say hello. Hello. Flutterer with a P. It's so fun to say. <laughs> and our wonderful guest, Paula Watts. Say hello. Hi, everyone. She shot our cover and a very long 19 and a half page feature, mm-hmm. which we will talk about. It was it's beautiful. I'm so excited. Um, so first of all, let's let's kick off. What are the issue highlights in the November issue? I learned a lot of really random, cool, awesome, fun facts um, our, our on-the-job person is a woman who is an air traffic controller at Miramar. And I love that it's a woman doing it. And we learned a lot about air traffic control. Um, apparently, it's she, she doesn't sit in a tower. There's, like, no windows in her office. You'll see the photos. But basically, there's, like, four stages of watching this plane. And the cool, fun facts that I took away from this is, like, she handles as many aircraft in one day as all of Europe combined. That's crazy. She's taking wow. all the, the the planes that are coming from L.A. I think it was LAX and John Wayne. Mm-hmm. And basically making sure they stay in the air and don't hit other people. And the other crazy thing about, like, her job, she really can't just, like, text you know, or go to the bathroom, I don't think. Do they, like, <laughs> like not no have their breaks. phones in the tower? No, or? I mean, look at the photos. I mean, it's just like, It's you like know. a dark, serious room. It's pretty depressing, but <laughs> this is so crazy. The, the air traffic control room was built to withstand an 8.0 earthquake without interruption. That's because wow. they still have to be, like, guiding these planes that don't feel the earthquake. I mean, they have to have... So anyway, that was a super cool thing, and we found her, and she was awesome, and they actually let us in, because, you know, it's like major security. So that is um, one of the fun reads in the front of book, and another one is we explain why the Breeders' Cup is such a big deal, which is coming, as everyone knows, we have the Bing Crosby season at Del Mar in the fall, in November, and the Breeders' Cup is coming, and we have just been like Breeders' Cup obsessed here. And everyone was like, what the heck is that? And it's basically like, it's like the Kentucky Derby if it could travel, if it left Kentucky. And or it's like us getting America's Cup for, for you sailors out there. But it's really, it's the richest two days in, in sports. So $28 million will be handed out in these two days. And, the, you know, it's like 13 races and, you know, it's a two-minute race. And you can win like $4 million in two minutes. So um, an Arrowgate's going to be there. He's, the, he's only two years old and he's made $19 million. He's the winningest. He's like the richest North American thoroughbred ever. And people are like coming from everywhere, right? Yeah, from Dubai, from South Africa, from Ireland. So this is like, and it's the thing is, is actually it's sold out. <laughs> so, so sorry. <laughs> so we're talking about we're talking about it because it's important for the city. It's sixty five million dollars econ- economic impact, and we're gonna actually try and get it again. 
and we were not eligible until 2014 because of um, our five, we had to spend $5 million to widen the turf track. So now we're eligible. Little Del Mar, we're getting big, you guys. We There's a lot of big things. This I mean, we just deal. had the, the world's, not the World Series. What am I saying? The, the baseball David, thing. David, help us. The baseball <laughs> thing? Can you tell we love sports? The World Baseball Classic. <laughs> the All-Star Game. All-Star Game. And we had the international, that's yeah. the international one that you're yeah. talking about, the World Baseball Classic. The All-Star Game was last year, but the World Baseball we Classic so was this year. We know so much about sports. I went to uh, four of the World Baseball Classic games, and they were amazing. I hope it comes back every year. It was so great. So we may Bravo. have lost the Chargers, Amen. but we've come up in other ways. That's the thing. We're, we're getting big. We're slowly getting bigger. And then other, okay, this is like a highlight of the entire issue, which I'm actually proud of. There's a lot of women in this. There's four women in this room and one guy, David, poor David. <laughs> and Outnumbered. the magazine sort of starts to look like what the staff looks like sometimes. And there are a lot of women in the magazine and we have a lot of female readers. But we got more men in this issue. <laughs> we have Brian Dutcher. Is it Dutcher or Dutcher? I always want to say Dutcher. Again, sports is not yeah. my forte this anyway. Is, he's the new head men's basketball coach at San Diego State, and he has been the waiting coach. Um, he's been working with Steve Fisher for like 30 years, not all at San Diego State, but he finally, finally got to be the head coach, and so now the, his season starts in November. And we talk about Bob Baffert. He's a trainer um, of many amazing horses. And we have the military. We finally did a really cool tribute to the military. And there are a lot of men in that issue, in that story. A lot of women, too. And a lot of women, too. But, but it, it's like we're finally hearing some male voices. And so that was exciting. And then do you want to talk about Born yeah. and Raised? Born and Raised. Um, if you open up the food section, you will see this beautiful photo of this new steakhouse that's in Little Italy. It's from the hospitality group CH Projects, and they're behind Craft and Commerce and Ironside and Polite Provisions. And so as Troy Johnson, our food critic, says in, in this piece, is like, you know, everyone's going fast, casual, vegan, plant-based. So, of course, CH is known for doing everything the opposite way. So this is sort of their you know, pushing against the tide of fast casual and going back to that classic American steakhouse. And it's taken over the Nelson Photo Supply space in Little Italy, which was kind of a big deal. And it's a two-story indoor-outdoor space. Um, they have the executive chef of Ironside Fish and Oyster. They have Anthony Schmidt as their beverage director. You've probably seen Anthony bartending your drinks at one mm -hmm. of their places. He's very, very talented. It's 10,000 square feet. It's a really, really big deal. And the biggest thing is that it costs $6.5 million to build. I mean, this was crazy. I know there were a lot of town hall meetings with like Little Italy and figuring out the space and this and that. I mean... It's quite stunning. Um, it's gorgeous. It's mm -hmm. gorgeous. Paula, have you been or have I you photographed it? Yeah, oh, I shot that. Oh my god, I photographed. I totally the interiors. forgot. Tell me, tell me what it's like first inside. Side. I mean, first look, you you literally walk in and you're just a little stunned. It's sensory overload in the best possible way. Um, it's it's finished from floor to ceiling. Every detail is not gone unnoticed. It's Paul Basile's work, and it's. It's stunning. It's and that's what they're known for, deco. CH. Just very thorough decor detail, menu detail. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, nothing's forgotten there. And some of their their little quirkiness comes out because you'll notice some of their toilet seats have some fun, interesting sayings. (laughs) They've kind of, you know, they have their artwork hanging of some notorious rappers. And so it, it, it is Americana in some really fun ways as well. That is amazing. I mean, and given the low profit margin with restaurants these Mm -hmm. days, to have such a beautiful thing. And they better kill it because that poor Nelson photo was a very popular, Mm -hmm. beloved institution. Yeah, you're a photographer. (laughs) I mean, I was really surprised. But anyway, there it goes. Yep. Um, And then finally, um, Tom Gable, he wrote for us starting in like the 50s or 60s and all the way through the early 2000s he revisited a restaurant review for us we um i'm still trying to make this happen the from the archives page it's happened you don't have you're not trying it's happened. okay it's happening <laughs> this so we we go through our archives which have been recently digitized and we look at something that has somewhat related to what's in the issue and we just we had this guy talk about how he used to go into a restaurant with a tape recorder and the microphone down his sleeve and he was the food just, critic right and he, he that's was how he took food critic he was a wine critic he did a humor column i mean he did a lot but he was our food critic and you know he used his ibm correcting selectric to <laughs> type it out and um he would go three times a day or three he would go to a restaurant three times then he started going two and then one. <laughs> but um, Troy goes twice um, to any place. But it was really interesting just to hear how, you know, what they thought what we call ethnic food or global food was. And it was like an omelet, really? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just funny. I mean, it, so it's a good little back page read of, of the evolution of our dining scene and the magazine and 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 of publishing and technology mm-hmm. lots changed <laughs> it was 1977 but um two other issue highlights we got to talk about the feature well which is the big pieces in the middle of the magazine where we don't usually have a lot of ads and the military i mean i they are less than one percent of the population in the country there it's 0.6 percent go into the military and we are we have the highest concentration of military in the world right here and we learn I mean I I didn't even realize I didn't know the difference between a veteran and a retired service member a retired service member has been has served for 20 years and gets a pension unless he was he or she was retired early and a veteran could be a veteran of a specific war or a veteran of you know the military or the army so as i learned just so many things how people feel different about when you say thank you for your service some people one guy said he felt like a he was a dry cleaner yeah <laughs> and and they prefer thank you for serving or and tell me about your job yeah because everyone has a different you know experience and it's kind of like well you don't even know what i do yeah you don't know where i've been or what i've seen and i think a lot of us think we should tiptoe and we don't want to 
you know, bring up anything that's disturbing, but it's like, no, they want to talk. Mm-hmm. So um, we we really learned a lot in this issue, and it was it was very interesting. It's really cool, really in depth. Like finally giving a voice to people you may not hear from. And I was kind of amazed at how candid some people were. Like the thank you for your service. Like to me, I just think, oh, that sounds nice. But people have very strong feelings about that. Yeah. It was just like, you don't know anything. (laughs) Or like what I wish you knew as a civilian, what we go through. Just really honest things. It's a very good, complex read. We asked a lot of service members what they wish civilians understood about their life and their life in the military. And it was like very Mm eye-opening. So great read. Um, Let's actually talk about Global Cuisine when we talk to Paula. Real quick, we were going to do... What was our biggest challenge mm-hmm. from this issue? Well, I might be overplaying that. Like <laughs> We're just drumming challenge. up some drama. It's like, an, I know. <laughs> it's like an ongoing challenge, especially with a city that changes so much. I mean, if you look at Boston, those neighborhoods don't really change. Mm-hmm. But we did. So Archana has this really popular column every month, and it's the neighborhood guide. She chooses a neighborhood that has some up and coming things in it and openings and she talks about the highlights and we did utc Mm -hmm. area Mm -hmm. (laughs) la jolla dash utc area yes it sounds like a mouthful but there was a reasoning behind that yes and i mean i have like so i grew up in carmel valley and i was very close to utc which was the mall and it was sort of like we called that whole area just UTC, mm-hmm. even if it was, you know, La Jolla Country Day on Genesee or whatever, it was just UTC because the mall was such a defining institution and we were very proud. Of it. it was very <laughs> high end. And um, then, of course, Horton Plaza came along and whatever, but which was actually high end back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it was kind of like, what do we call this? And where do we cut it off? And who, you know, technically University City. Mm-hmm. But that is a long word and it doesn't sound sexy. And it never <laughs> did. It never sounded as good as UTC. And then, of course, you know, when Westfield came along and bought it, it's like, well, it's Westfield. UT-. I mean, it was just so defining this neighborhood was and it is, it's not a neighborhood. It's kind of like a bunch of strip malls, nice strip malls yeah, or converted strip malls. Yeah, it's not like doing a neighborhood guide for North Park. You have a bunch of strip malls that are divided by these huge boulevards, essentially, you know, four lane roads. And so it's not like you can walk from Dry Bar to Red O, mm-hmm. but it's like we kind of made up our own. It's an area. Yeah. But it's not really a neighborhood. I don't know. And I think that that's like kind of a challenge with San Diego because we're constantly, I mean, now we've pretty much developed all the land there is. But, you know, and everyone kind of makes up their own, oh, I live in Del Mar, but then they tell me they're a 92130. I'm like, uh, you're Carmel Valley and it's San Diego. (laughs) You know, and it's just like people aren't, you know, the dividing lines are just not that clear. I don't know that they're super important, but they are in a magazine where you have yes. to give an address and you have to be clear. And we've had people s- pointing argue with me and say, well, that's not normal heights, that's university heights, or that's not normal heights, that's North Park. And I've sometimes gone to the San Diego City website to see what is the cutoff so I can actually have something to tell people. And then it's a little mix of, well, let me ask somebody who lives in that neighborhood, like, what do you consider? You know, yeah. there's a different feel about but it. But then it's also just that they've always thought of it or annexed that little canyon for themselves and it's like but then something else grew up 
uh, next to it and really technically it's not yours and it's not it's part not of your yours code, yeah <laughs> you know but it's like you kind of people get really personal about it and mm-hmm. I kind of noticed that about myself mm-hmm. I'm like oh this is the Samson's play this is where <laughs> Samson's was or oh that's the Whole Foods thing and it's like mm, maybe not mm-hmm. you you start to name things by the anchor tenant and it's like well that's actually gone yeah that's, you know <laughs> or it's just people don't think of it that way so we're very much in suburbia in this one and apologies for the confusion but we're trying to be as clear as possible it's just that it's actually a little kind of personal yeah so anyway that's the neighborhood guide challenge and and really we're always giving addresses or trying to point people to the right place and get them there but it's like you know we have to be we have to make a decision yeah it's really hard yep what are we filming this for? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook Live. I'm being filmed. My feet are up. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not wearing makeup. Wasn't ready for this. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. 16 minutes. <laughs> anyway, okay. Now on to our wonderful guest who graced us in our her graced us with her presence in our conference room. Uh, Paula Watts. She shot 11 places. Did you go to 11 places? Yep. 11, including. Um, one of the images we photographed here. Okay, that's we set right. up a mini set. Okay, so we'll set it up. So this is our cover story: Global Cuisine, the Ultimate Guide. Mm-hmm. Archana, you started. It started with you. So yeah. Tell us how that came about. I've been wanting to do something related to global dining, multicultural cuisine for about a year. It got on the calendar for 2017, and. About six months ago, I started a Word document that I kept on my desktop. And anytime I heard about something or I went somewhere, I just started adding to the list. And the most important thing to me about this feature was to really feature countries you might not think of. Jamaica. We have very good Jamaican food here. I mean, everywhere. It's from Afghanistan to Vietnam. It's 93 places. It also includes markets where you can shop for a lot of these hard-to-find ingredients. And... um, The result is something we're really proud of. The photos are really beautiful. They really made the food come to life. And it helps people visualize what they're going to be eating. Maybe these are foods that people haven't had before. For each write-up, we have a must-try dish because I figured, well, if you don't know anything about this cuisine, you want to be pointed to one direction at least. And then so I sat down with Sydney, our art director, and we talked about what places are worth shooting. And um, we got a great diverse list, and then she paired up with Paula, and then they went on an adventure, a photo adventure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like you have so many amazing stories from all of that. What are some of like the memorable shoots that you went to? Oh, gosh. Um, I think for me, I'm still fairly new to San Diego. I've only been here about two years. Um, I was kind of enamored by all of it. I was going to parts of neighborhoods um, that I hadn't been before, and I was um, a little surprised. Some of them, most of them actually weren't big name restaurants that I've heard of, like, oh, you must try this place. Um, So showing up to some of the places, I was like, oh, this doesn't necessarily have the best curb appeal, but you walk in and it's packed because people have these loyal followers that have you know you need to try this ethnic cuisine that's so so um uh it's just authentic and um true to their country so for me I guess I was kind of enamored by all of them that's not really an answer (laughs) but I feel like you got and you guys also styled a lot of these shoots so well because one thing is that a lot of these restaurants they're very like 
kind of hole in the wall, but that makes them extra special, I think. Sure. But a lot of times you're being served with styrofoam plates or sure. kind of like a bland yellowish table. But you guys really amped it up. Um, mm-hmm. You Sydney got amazing props mm-hmm. and you guys did a lot of styling. So I feel like, like the Royal Mandarin salt and pepper chicken wings was awesome. And that you went out of San Diego to get some props. Yeah, so what was that like? Yeah, so Sydney and I had a meeting and really talked about how we wanted to be very strategic about the styling, the overall look and appeal of the dishes. And although they all um, represent their own um, diversity, we wanted some cohesiveness with the feature story as you turn the page. So one of the um, cool props and ideas we had was to make one of the tabletops from newspaper. And um, we were photographing a Chinese restaurant, and I I had a good friend of mine who lives close to Chinatown in San Francisco overnight me some Chinese newspapers. Amazing. And so <laughs> we literally show up to um, the restaurant, and we start unfolding the newspaper and kind of looking for appealing script and, you know, None of us speak Mandarin, obviously. (laughs) I shouldn't say obviously, but I don't personally speak Mandarin. So we're looking for aesthetically pleasing things to go as our tabletop. And I think the the end result worked really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was really pleased with how it turned out. It looks cool. It tasted good, too. But there was a little bit of a snag. There was. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. Um, So one of the funny anecdotes was, you know, we got finished with the images. Um, Before we we tore down the set, I kind of um, was thanking the um, host and hostess who were helping us with all of the dishes and kind of just casually said, oh, here, take a look at one of the final images we captured. and said, oh, maybe maybe you can tell us what the headlines say. And it was kind of just a brash off the cuff question, um, not really expecting much. And so she starts looking more closely and all of a sudden she said, oh no, you cannot have these <laughs> titles of the newspaper as part of the images. And I said, oh, why? And she said, this one is all about murder. And oh my God. this one is all about a drug deal that went bad. And, you know, it's it's not our city, thankfully. It wasn't the news from our city, but um, it kind of <laughs> made us rethink how we needed to approach the title. So we ended up pulling some um, headlines that she approved of, and we we did some fancy Photoshop overlays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank goodness you yeah. asked. There's, you know. Yes, I'm. I am glad that I asked. <laughs> and then you also set up in an alleyway. You yeah, we were all over the place. You were all we over kidding? the place. And what was the best thing you ate while you were shooting at all these? Because you inevitably eat. I, you know, I constantly tease myself and I say I'll work for food um, as a food photographer because these places have amazing cuisines. Um, uh, gosh, some of the most amazing things. Right off the cuff, I think of Pampas, the Argentinian restaurant. They say Argentine. I've heard Argentinian, whatever. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, they, they just let out all the stops they had um a meat grill platter sangria empanadas that the gracious owner has hand rolled and said that she's been rolling them since she was a little girl her father actually owns the restaurant and so she grew up in that scene and 
learned to make them since she was little. So she was literally hand rolling our empanadas for the photo shoot. Um, and then afterwards, because we weren't poking and prodding so much at those as we do in some of the other um, dishes, um, we were able to kind of feast. And I was like, you guys, I might set up a tent here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to leave. Um, you might wonder why the photographer is still here. <laughs> I know. I get. It. I was supposed to meet you guys at the next location, and I get yes. a text from Sydney, our art director, and she's like, we're going to be a little late. A we're little. eating and drinking. <laughs> yes. And yeah. As you should, as you should. We really enjoyed their hospitality. Let's just say that. <laughs> awesome. I know there was a one drive-by that she was like picking up a hand model and dropping off. Some, I'm like, drop some food off. All <laughs> <downstairs>. <laughs> yes. and, and then it lasted for like three days in our fridge, didn't it? Yeah, I ate the leftovers twice. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like really. You do not want those going to waste. No. <laughs> so we love these foods features. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a good one. This is one you're going to want to tear out, put on your fridge. I've already printed it out from the PDF I have on my computer. And I'm making a little check for myself I hope you do the same I hope so too <laughs> keep that thing and look it up online and share it and tweet it mm-hmm. <laughs> Instagram it yeah. Snapchat it go for it <laughs> and we are tying that into our first ever world eats party um, you can go to sdmag.com slash world eats the party is November 15 so there will be some tastings there from not 93 restaurants, but a, a good number. Mm-hmm. It's downtown at the Museum of Contemporary Art, San Diego, downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, we're really excited because we haven't done this before. And it was, you know, we have to kind of sign these people up to serve us food. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, cocktails, beer, rum. And we should say, you know, it's not, it's, it's every, it's global. I mean, there's French and Italian food. There's South African. It's there's not Brazilian. Just these tiny. Yeah, there's it, a lot of it was like more cheaper eats, I mm-hmm. guess. But there were some upscale restaurants too. Um, Garo, what what is oh you, Park you Bistro and Bankers? I Hill. love that place. Beautiful steak tartare there. That place was beautiful. It's I just love being there. I feel so fancy and fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It, the feature has cheap eats that you can like, kind of street food style, and then really nice fine dining too for a lot of places. So yeah, so join us at the party sdmag.com slash world eats. That's the name of the party. Come on down. Eat with us. Say hello. Say hi to Paula. She has bangs. Say hi to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can see a photo on our website of what we look like. I'm the Indian girl. Look Uh, for me. (laughs) I'll be on maternity leave, so I don't know if I can make it, but we'll see. We'll represent. Yes, and I'll we'll just kind of give you some highlights about what else is happening this month, so you don't miss out. Obviously, we mentioned the Bing Crosby season at Del Mar. It goes through November 26th. You have most most of the month to go it's just that the breeders cup is the first is the third and the fourth and then san diego beer week it kicks off on the third um san diego brewers guild festival is at the broadway pier and then it ends with the beer garden at the lodge at tory pines which is a big one um and there's just like hundreds of individual breweries sponsoring events and in between so it's the third through the 12th if you're a beer lover and then obviously dr seuss's how the grinch stole christmas is back at the old globe through the 24th 
And they added the apostrophe S this year. Oh, <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. So this show's what been going change. for, what, two decades? Yeah. And our <laughs> copy editor was very excited <laughs> because it was always Dr. Seuss apostrophe. And we got that apostrophe S. God bless you, the old globe. It's bad. <laughs> it's just like so annoying. It's like when someone's like Chris's and they don't put the apostrophe S. It looks S. like something's Bugs missing. me. When I got married with Watts, I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. It's the Watts's house. Yeah. <laughs> I was even confused. Yeah. Well, I, I like the, you know. But and then also when when it's plural and they go oh the Glennies and then they put an apostrophe that bugs me. That's not these right. are the conversations we have inside this yes. building. That's why I mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're nerdy, stop on by and debate with us. But anyway, um, and then what else is going on? The ninth, we've got the San Diego Asian Film Festival through the eighteenth. Thrillers, comedies, documentaries, dramas, action movies from around the world at various theaters. Um, the 15th, again, I'm just going to plug it. World Eats, <laughs> come on downtown. And there's so much more going on and a million races to run and 5Ks and all of that. So get your copy. It's on sale end of October. We will see you there. Mm-hmm. See, you, see you, the, you at the party. See you in the issue on the pages and see you at the party. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Awesome. See you next time. Bye.